and truthfully, we get into so many different scenarios and situations that you just have to really look at each on a case-by-case basis um, and then make a decision on what's going to be the best way to get the system restored uh, as quickly as possible. And that's really what we look at. I mean, we want to look at not only how do we repair the fiber, you know, so that it's a permanent fix, but we also want to think about getting the service back up as quickly as possible. Welcome to Connected Conversations, the official podcast of Kosciuszko Connect. Kosciuszko Connect is a subsidiary of Kosciuszko REMC. Since 2021, we have been providing lightning fast, reliable fiber to the home internet service to rural portions of Northern Indiana. On Connected Conversations, we talk about fiber internet, technology, community, and how to navigate the digital world in which we live. I'm your host, Andrea Melton. Thank you for connecting with us today. Welcome back to another episode of Connected Conversations. I'm Andrea. We are on episode five of Connected Conversations, which is hard to believe, but here we are. And today we're going to talk about what happens during a fiber internet outage. And I'm so pleased to have with me today, Rich Sinegar, who is our manager of broadband engineering and operations. Did I get that right, Rich? Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and talk with us about this topic, which I imagine a lot of our customers, a lot of listeners wonder about um, what is happening during a fiber internet outage. So we appreciate you taking some time to talk about this because you are an expert in this field, and this is your job, correct? That is correct. <laughs> you handle all this stuff. So let's get started. Can you explain what a fiber internet outage is and why it usually happens? Well, basically a fiber internet outage is um, when your fiber internet signals at your home does not work, um, and that can be uh, created um, for several different reasons. Uh, it could be just an individual outage that's affecting just one customer, or it could be a very large outage that's affecting uh, several customers. Okay, so what would be some of the common causes of these outages? What are we seeing most often? Um, Usually what we see for individual um, outages, uh, say just one customer is out of service, um, a lot of times it's, it's due to a variety of things. It could be because the fiber drop, which goes from our fiber main line up to the house, sometimes it gets cut. That could either be done by contractors doing work or sometimes just homeowners doing landscaping, things of that nature. Okay. Um, <clears throat> another problem that we sometimes commonly do see is, is we have a fiber jumper that we actually run from a wall plate connection point inside the home that goes over to the optical modem um, and many times that little fiber jumper gets damaged or sometimes it gets chewed up by animals or things of that nature so Ah. that's probably a couple of the most common causes of individual um, outages we also then sometimes do have uh, larger outages that affect a number of customers that can also be caused for Several reasons. Uh, Probably the most common outage, area outage, as we would call it, uh, would be to uh, damaged fiber, whether that be contractor digging and cutting into the fiber cable, um, creating a a large area outage, 
Or sometimes it could be also be because there's a car accident and the pole's been hit. And during that process of the pole being hit, then also the fiber optic cable has been damaged. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So if a customer is to uh, notice they're out, they call in an outage, or maybe we've gotten a, a couple calls about outages, can you walk us through the first step of the process of identifying what the reason for that outage is and then also uh, addressing the issue? So normally um, we, we take service calls um, and as customers call in and report their outage, um, if we just get the first call at that point, we don't necessarily know if it's an individual problem at the customer's home or if it's uh, part of a larger outage, um, unless we've been notified by a contractor that they've cut a cable or obviously we'll know if we have a pole hit and our fiber is damaged or something like that. But right. um, if it's, it's, if it's for some other reason, uh, maybe that we haven't been notified ahead of time, then we're going to just look at the calls coming in. So if it's a large area outage, usually customers are pretty good about calling in fairly quickly to report to that their service is out. Uh, at that point, we're going to take a look at those addresses, um, and we're going to compile those addresses and try to come up with what we would call a common point of failure or a common point in the system that all of those addresses would have in common. Okay. And then that's where we will dispatch our technicians to that area to to begin the troubleshooting process. Okay, that makes sense. Could you walk us through the steps then when you get out there, the crew gets out there, and they have to repair a damaged or a cut line, if that's the issue? Uh, What is that process to repair a line? Well, it can be very, very time-consuming and very uh, tedious as well. Um, First of all, if we know that um, where the damage is, then that obviously helps. So if a contractor does call in and say, hey, we we cut your cable, or even if they don't call in and we respond to that area and we see a contractor out there digging in the area um, and we investigate that and we, we, you know, at that time, if we notice that the fiber cable has been cut, then that takes a lot of time. time out of the process of trying to figure out where that cut is. If we don't know, then it becomes um, a bit more challenging because what we have to do is we have to start at where we think the first uh, point is where the signal or the service is not working. And then we have to try to work our way back upstream up the system using uh, various tools and technologies and things of that nature to uh, try to figure out at what point in the system is the signal working, is it good, what point is it bad, and then somewhere in between we have to locate where the problem is. Once the problem is located, um, then uh, there's a whole, we move into, I guess you would call repair mode. So depending upon um, specifically what the problem is, sometimes uh, it's uh, just simply a a fiber in a splice case um, for whatever reason has been broken. Um, And in -hmm. those cases, those outages normally are fixed quicker because they're a little bit easier to figure out where the problem is. And then, and then typically you're just splicing one, one strand of fiber uh, to get the area back up or maybe a couple. Okay. Um, If it's a major cut where we have, let's just say we have a, you know, a 48 count fiber cable that's been cut by a contractor because they've been digging. You know, you've got to get the cable up, you got to get it all prepped out, you got to get it put back into splice cases. And then you have to literally splice all 48 strands of glass, which is very time consuming. In some cases, that cable also may need to be replaced. All of our underground fiber is in conduit. 
Um, so depending on the location of this specific cut, if it would happen to be in between two underground pedestals or, or structures, um, in those cases, uh, we may actually end up splicing the conduit back together, pulling out the old fiber, and then have to pull in a new piece of fiber and then splice it on either end. So wow. really and truthfully, we get into so many different scenarios and situations that you just have to really look at each on a case-by-case basis um, yeah. and then make a decision on what's going to be the best way to get the system restored uh, as quickly as possible. And that's really what we look at. I mean, we want to look at not only how do we repair the fiber, you know, so that it's a permanent fix, but we also want to think about getting the service back up as quickly as possible. So in some scenarios, if it's going to be a very lengthy fix, uh, we may look at trying to do some sort of a temporary type situation. Uh, So just so that we can get the customers back online as quickly as possible. Once we do that, then we can come back and we can look at a permanent fix, um, which may require us to then replace, say, a piece of cable, whether it be underground or aerial. And once we get that cable up, then we are move into what we would call a planned outage uh, situation. So we would, you know, come back at a later day, whether that be a, a week from now, and actually do the permanent fix after we have notified those customers that their service will be out for maintenance. Okay. So I'm picturing this because I've never been on a job site and I'm newer to the company and the industry and learning. So when you're describing like a full 48 strand that's been cut through, so that repair is done there on site. And is it one person who is doing that repair or is it something that a team can work on or is it one guy who's got to go in there and do each individual, you know, repair each strand? Yeah, usually when we have a a major outage, we usually have um, at least two or three techs on site um, working on um, the particular, you know, the damage or the troubleshooting process. Sometimes it requires to have a guy out in the field, and then sometimes we have to have also a technician in our main central hub that is using test equipment. Um, You know, the thing with fiber is, is you can't like, you don't really like dig a big hole and then get down in the hole and splice the cable together like you can with uh, traditional telephone cables or or, uh, coax uh, cable TV cables. With fiber optics, it's a it's a whole different ball game. You do, you do have to get enough slack pulled up out of the ground so that you can either get it into a van, and it depends on the weather. I mean, if we're dealing with good weather, then a lot of times the guys will get the the uh, tails up or both ends of the fiber up, and we'll set up a table and we'll set up our splicing equipment on the table, and we can splice out in the elements. That's that's not a problem. Once you get to that point and you get the fiber all prepped out and you get it in your splice case, then it is just one person that is actually doing the actual splicing itself. Okay. I was going to ask how Kosciuszko Connect prioritizes which outages to address first if there are multiple areas affected. Um, But I'm kind of wondering, does that happen often where you would have different neighborhoods or multiple areas affected by a fiber outage? It's very possible, especially during storm season. So it kind of depends. I I think that we've been very fortunate this year and we really haven't had uh, too many outages this year. 
and, and with the fiber optic network and the fiber system and the way it's built, it's very reliable. Um, it's very tough, even though it is strands of glass, but the way the cable is made uh, is very tough. Um, okay. So it's, it, it's not like it's just very easily broken as far as that goes. If we were to be in a scenario, though, to where we were to have major storm damage um, and we were to have multiple locations out, the first thing that obviously we do typically if the fiber uh, is suffering an outage then a lot of times it's also because the power is out as well so one of the first things that we have to do um, in our system is obviously allow our electric crews to go in and get power restored put the get the power lines back up and all of that typically when it comes to multiple outages, we're going to treat it very similar to the electric side of the business. And that is normally you're going to go out and you're going to first start working on the areas that have the most customers affected. So if we have an area to where we've got, we've been able to identify that we have, say, 200 customers out and we have another area to where maybe we only have, you know, 25 customers out, we're going to try to focus our efforts on that larger area first. Right. Another thing that we have to keep in mind, too, is, is um, businesses and commercial uh, accounts. So... You know, if we have a smaller outage, but there's more businesses possibly in that area, um, and especially if it's during the day, business hours, we're going to move in and try to get that service restored to those businesses as quickly as possible. For sure. That makes sense. Absolutely. Are there any specific steps businesses or residents can take to prevent fiber outages? Are there maintenance procedures or preventative measures uh, that reduce the likelihood of a fiber outage? You're moving into an area to where we're talking about individual outages within a person's home. The answer to that is yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, there's we have many cases to where I was uh, talking about earlier where we have this little fiber jumper that goes from the wall plate to the optical modem. Yeah. We, we've seen many cases to where we have domestic animals, whether it be cats or dogs. For some reason, it seems to be more cats than dogs that seem <laughs> to like that, that jumper cable. And they will chew on it, and they will create damages. Um, it's kind of ironic because right now I'm actually going through um, August service call summary reports, uh, looking at our service calls that we did, uh, which we do analyze on a monthly basis. Um, and last month, we actually had one of the leading causes of damages to our fiber jumpers was the jumpers were getting kinked behind furniture and, and, and things like that. So okay. it's really just a matter of, you know, probably partially customer education and, and making sure that customers understand that that cable, that jumper, fiber jumper is very easily damaged. It's not like our main cable that is very robust and, and strong. That is, you know, a very vulnerable part of the connection inside the home and um, probably just something to, to, to kind of be aware of. When it comes to outside the home, we have our main fiber line and then the customer's drop is hooked into that. And then from there, the drop is ran to the home. That's going to be either ran underground or above, uh, above ground. From there, we run another fiber optic cable from outside the home to inside the home, and then we make the transition to the smaller fiber jumper. Uh, we find that the cable between the outside of the home and inside the home, the inside connection, we find that that also can get damaged. 
It's a lot of cases, it could be dogs chewing on it. It could be from uh, construction contractors, whether they're having siding work done or things of that nature. So, and then, of course, when it comes to the underground drop that's, uh, that's buried up to the home, the key there is to just kind of reiterate the, the uh, advertisement for 811, call in for locates. You yes. know? So before you do any digging, uh, just make sure you call 811. It's a free service, um, and that will notify us to send locators out to locate that fiber drop for you. At least then you know where it's at. Um, so if you're planting a tree or something like that, you want to try to obviously avoid that area. But um, also during any of that uh, process, if a customer has any questions, you know, if they're wanting to do some landscaping and they're not sure, they don't want to get into the cable, uh, they can always call us and we can help them through that. Wonderful. That's good to know. Let's uh, talk for a moment about planned outages. Why do planned outages occur? I, I know there are people listening who want to know. Well, it's basically, um, you know, anytime you've got uh, a telecommunications network, there's always going to be a need to do some sort of maintenance. Now, the thing of it is, is that with us, most of the maintenance is not necessarily on a preventative basis, but it's, uh, it's because of either a cable has been damaged and we've, we've temporarily fixed it to get customers back on, as we had talked about earlier. And so now we're having to go back and we're having to do the permanent fix. Um, that's, that's one scenario where we will do what we call a planned outage. Okay. Another possible scenario is, is um, say, either we or NIPSCO will go out and they put in a brand new pole line. Um, and during that process, we have to rearrange those fiber cables to the new poles. And sometimes either the fiber cable won't reach or we're going to have to move the structure from one pole to the other pole. And in order to do that, we have to replace some fiber cable to make that work uh, as we rework our facility, so to speak. What we try to do, and we try to keep it to a minimum, but what we want to do is we want to get ourselves in a situation to where we are notifying our customers that there is going to be a planned outage for maintenance purposes and at least give them enough notice, especially in today's environment. We want to be very conscientious about the fact that nowadays with online schooling and remote workers um, now, uh, which seems to be you know, continuing to increase the amount of people that are actually working from home Absolutely. Uh, and rely on the Internet service to be able to do that work, Hopefully, by giving the customers enough advance notice, hopefully they can make arrangements that either they can go into the office that day to work or go to Starbucks or someplace else <laughs> right. and, and, and make those arrangements. But um, So that's what a planned outage is. And again, we try to keep it to a minimum, but unfortunately, it is just one of those things when you're dealing with, uh, with a network that uh, sometimes you do, have to, you do have to take the services down. Absolutely. Planned outages are hopefully infrequent, but necessary. Mm -hmm. They come with the territory. My very small role that I play for those planned outages uh, is that I record the greeting or the voice message that goes out to residents and businesses who are going to have a planned outage. Uh, so the team will send me, you know, the day and the, and the time, and I send that out. And so I um, or I record it, and then the team sends it out. So I do know that they are infrequent and that uh, folks are working hard to, to try to make sure our customers are notified 
um, and know that that outage is coming up and can plan ahead for it. So I, I get to see a little bit of that on my end. Great conversation. Thank you so much, Rich. I feel like I learned a lot today, um, and I'm sure our listeners and customers did too. Uh, is there anything else that we need to cover that we haven't talked about? Again, I would just uh, encourage all of our customers to call in if their service does go out. And please, if you are planning on doing any digging in your yard, please call 811 uh, so that we can get somebody out there to locate your underground fiber drop. And as always, we're here to serve our customers. So if uh, any of our customers ever have any kind of a question or are concerned about anything, please give us a call. One thing I would say is that um, we do take customer service very serious here at Kosciuszko REMC slash connect. You know, many a times if it's even just an individual uh, outage, we're doing same day service. And if we don't get you back on today, we will most certainly get you back in service the next day. So that's what we're here for. We appreciate all of our customers. We appreciate their business. Um, We know it is a, a service that they can get elsewhere. Uh, we hope and um, that they choose, you know, us, and um, we're going to do everything in our power to keep our customers happy and satisfied, and so that we continue to hook up more and more customers. Happy, satisfied, and connected. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Rich. Again, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Connected Conversations the official podcast of Kosciuszko Connect. From all of us at Kosciuszko Connect, thank you for connecting with us today.